1: Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Years ago, I wrote a book
0: really not really a pun intended. It was called Liberalism as a Mental Disorder. It was published in 2005, and it was very well received. And I've kind of forgotten the book because it's from another era. Some of it makes sense today, but it's when Bush was president and things like that. And uh, eh, I forgot the book, but the, the title has not been forgotten. So I got a call on Monday, you see, from a reporter from the uh, SFGate website. And she said, I'm running an article on the most frequently or commonly stolen book out of the library. And it turns out to be your books, most particularly your book, Liberalism is a Metal Disorder. I said, what an honor, Amy, to the author. So she, she interviewed me. I said, look, do we have to, you know, go backwards and do the history every time they mention my name? And she didn't. They published it today. And it turns out the San Francisco Public Library's most commonly stolen book is Savage's Liberalism as a Mental Disorder. And the article went to the top of their website within an hour, and it's still there, which is, I kind of think it's odd in San Francisco that people are looking at that article and actually reading it. But I'm asking you a question today. She said, who do you think is stealing the books? I'll ask the audience. I said, well, is it people who are poor who agree with me, who are, taking it out and not returning it, or is it the communist illegitimate left who have no tolerance whatsoever for any opposing viewpoint, who are removing the book and stealing it and burning it? I don't really know the answer. I'm going to ask my audience just in this segment, who do you think is stealing my book Liberalism is a Mental Disorder out of the San Francisco Library? Who? I mean, we've gone from the anarchist, Abby Hoffman, who said, steal this book, to Michael Savage, the capitalist, who says, buy my book. But do you actually think liberals may actually be seeing the light? After all, there's only so much human turd that they can tolerate. The city is melting down at the street level while real estate is going through the ceiling. It's in the stratospheric level. And yet down on the street, do I have to tell you what's going on in New York City, for example? The bums have taken over Grand Central Station. Businesses are being driven out. People are being attacked. They can't take it anymore. And the so-called city fathers and mothers do nothing about the problem of the bums in the streets. I actually think liberals have had enough of their own rhetoric. They've, they've had enough of their own Kool-Aid. And maybe they're actually saying, you know what, he may have meant it in jest, but maybe there's a degree of truth in it. Maybe ultra-liberalism is a sort of mental disorder. I mean, maybe San Francisco needs to build a new Statue of Liberty on the West Coast, let's say, out by the Farallon Islands. And it would say, give us your addicted, You're stupid, You're worthless, You're lazy, uh, uh, et cetera. Maybe that would be the, the welcoming Statue of Liberty out in the Farallon Islands. 855 is the phone number if you can't comment on this topic. Who do you think is stealing this book? Who do you think it is? Is it the right or is it the left? I don't know. Now, I could talk about Trump and Barr and the tweets on the Stone case. Do you really want me to do that? Do you want me to do what everyone else can do and is doing and get excited over something I have no control over? Nah, it's Friday. Can't we have some fun? We will have some fun. I will do some news. There's a lot of news on this Valentine's Day. There's some very good news out there. It just shows you that occasionally justice prevails, such as when Trump was found not guilty during the impeachment trial. That was justice. Now, today, we see justice as well. Uh, Avenatti was found guilty of extortion on all three accounts. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. This guy, Michael Avenatti, was such a turd. When he came along, the media couldn't get enough of him. Remember Wolf Blitzer? Do you remember what Jake Tapper did? Do you remember what the vermin at CNN were doing to build up this this character? They actually made believe he was going to be president. He was a total and absolute creation of the liberal media. And he was a crook, a no-goodnik from the day he came along. They made him sound like he was the, the shining knight simply because he ripped, he ripped the Trump day and night so they thought he was good. You know, my friends, sometimes when I reach a stone wall in my thought about why could people do certain things and there's no answer to it, I say to myself, I shake my head and say, oh, well, liberalism is a mental disorder. And it always works. Just plug it into any question you may have about what's going on in our country today. Like, how is it that the most corrupt city in America could have a mayor who had a sexual or romantic relationship with a recently indicted head of public works and she herself is seen as untouchable? How? Liberalism is a mental disorder. Uh, We could go down the list. Uh, We could talk about these topics, but um, I want to take your calls on this as I dip into some of my more sanguine comments in uh, in this book America's Bravest Voice again this is back in 05 in his first two recently runaway best selling books The Savage Nation and The Enemy Within radio sensation Michael Savage offered a scathing attack on the erosion of America's values now in the third installment of his bold and biting trilogy Savage who stands to the right of Russia and to the left of God. (laughs) That used to be my moniker, to the right of Russia, to the left of God. I began with that. Offers provocative solutions to reclaim our social, political, and cultural sanity. Here's a sample uh, dose of his caustic medicine. Iraq's future. Now, remember, this was in 05. Was I right or wrong? Iraq cannot become a melting pot as long as it insists on a national religion, especially when that religion is Islam, which has zero tolerance for those with non-conforming views. I agree with that. On Madonna and her newfound spirituality, remember her? No one remembers her anymore, the old lady from Brooklyn. Uh, Here's a woman who made a career as a pseudo-pornographic belly dancer, cavorting with a whip, and now suddenly after having a baby, she pretends to be a holy woman. Yeah, she found the Kabbalah, right? Rousing the sleeping giant. The 9-11 attack on America by the Islamo-fascists may eventually be seen as the turning point where America breaks free the chains of socialist oppression. Wow, that was an 05. Hmm, how do you like that? The ACLU. The head of the snake is the American Civil Liberties Union, which fashions itself as the de facto fourth branch of government. Hmm, hmm. The doctor is in and the diagnosis is clear liberalism is a mental disorder now find out what you can do to treat it so somebody wrote you know I looked at some of the comments under the article in the SF gate and some of the comments were funny and someone said maybe liberals are thinking it's a medical textbook on how to cure the disease (laughs) they think it's a new issuance from the diagnostic manual the DSM so when they saw the book liberalism is a mental disorder maybe they were going for a self-help book I don't know I have no idea what's going on. But who do you think is stealing it, the leftists or the rightists? I actually think maybe the librarians are stealing it and burning it, taking it home and making a bonfire of their own vanities. Who knows? Michael, and is there anyone in San Francisco who knows anyone who stole my book, Liberalism as a Mental Disorder? You say, well, why are you going on and on about it? Because it's a great topic. Is there a better topic than this to open my show with? Would you rather I play Barr or Bernie? There's a good one on Bernie. Bernie uh, Sanders, the communist scum. Uh, wants to now legalize sex work. He wants to nationalize the electrical grid. He wants to legalize sex work. I'm waiting to see bumper stickers in San Francisco, commie hookers for Bernie. I'm sure that'll be coming along very shortly. Actually, that's a good topic. I don't think that prostitutes want sex work legalized because their price would go down. It would be just another commodity that will be regulated by the government. Why do you think Bernie wants to legalize sex workers so he can tax them and control them? It's all part of the same exact mentality. How do you feel about legalizing uh, uh, sex workers, so to speak? We used to have another word for it in my old primitive day. We didn't call the hookers sex workers. We called them whores and things like that. But now I guess there's an, it's a new age. You've got to call uh, perversity by another name. And you've got to call uh, um, prostitution by another name, I suppose. But I haven't yet been previ- uh, uh, pri- I haven't yet been completely brainwashed into knowing all the right words. Let's take a couple of calls now on the Savage Nation. We're often flying here through the uh, Savage uh, Morning. It's actually morning, afternoon, and evening already. Who do you think is stealing my book? Look, this is actually a funny story. They went to the library. I'll tell you where this started. It started in Los Angeles. The LA Times did a story on the most frequently stolen books out of the LA Public Library. So the reporter for the uh, gate called me or emailed me. Then I called her, and I didn't know how she'd treat me. She did a nice job, and she said, well, we uh, look to the San Francisco Public Library. and The most commonly stolen books are by Michael Savage, and amongst them, the most commonly stolen of your books is liberalism, is a mental disorder. So I asked, wow. So she asked me who's stealing it. I don't know. I said, it's quite an honor, though. I mean, when you think about it, that is an honor. I should be given a key to the library in San Francisco, don't you think? Yeah, Maya Breed, in addition to uh, well, in addition to what else she's doing, no one knows who she is. But I think she ought to give me a key to the library, since I'm the most frequently stolen book there. Of course, I wouldn't go to the library because you need an arm guard and galoshes to walk to the library today, given the fact that the filthy bums have taken over the whole downtown. California, Michael, who's stealing my book? Who's doing it?
2: It's Michael J here in Rip and Uncle Savage. You know the the gate that's the first time they've done anything on you and as long as you've been on the radio and it's No,
0: def- no, many years ago I used to be mentioned and, and I don't know how they mentioned me at all this time. I, it's a shocker actually because the well, Soviet method is to disappear someone and make believe they don't exist. Well, anybody- but, but who do you think is stealing it the leftists or the rightists?
2: Definitely the leftists and I tell you I read all the comments on SF gate and I back I had your back and these people out on calling you a racist and, you know. Oh,
0: well, they, they have nothing else. They're stupid.
2: Yeah, and I reminded them that you helped the people with AIDS years ago and they called you hateful. And I go, Do you call that hateful when somebody helps somebody with you know to overcome AIDS? And boy, they just don't listen to the show at all. I,
3: That's I, right. I actually
0: that. worked in a gay men's clinic in San Francisco in the early 80s. I was the only straight doctor in the clinic, I was a medical scientist. And all the other guys were medical doctors. They were all gay men. They were very nice men. And they saw me at a conference. I'll remember it to this day. And they said, would you like to join the clinic as our nutritionist? And I did. And then this weird disease appeared. And um, a lot of the doctors got very, very sick. I lost some very nice friends in that clinic. So believe me, I've been around the city a long time. And I've seen what happens when ultra-tolerance takes over and it overrides uh, intelligence at any level. Thank you for the call. I'll be right back. The
1: Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand.
0: Hey, look, are racing thoughts overtaking your night of sleep? It's terrible. Do you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep uh, when it's time to go to bed? What kind of thoughts are racing through your mind, keeping you awake? If you've tried everything from pills to pillows with little success, it is time for you to try something else. Ebb. What is Ebb insomnia therapy? Well, Ebb comfortably cools your forehead, helps quiet the racing mind, and promotes the natural onset of sleep. Ebb is the first and only wearable, drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness, those racing thoughts. Ebb is clinically validated, and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. Sleep is a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce those racing thoughts, to allow people like you who are suffering from sleeplessness to drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Sleep is designed to work with your natural sleep-wake rhythms to allow you to get into that deep sleep more quickly. Now look, the mind's normal way of dealing with stress and challenges is to be on guard or more vigilant and aroused. That's the reverse of what's needed for a restful night of sleep. Ebb's cooling, calming nature is designed to counteract the way the mind-body reacts to stressful situations, allowing one to reach restorative sleep quicker so they can be at peak performance the next day. Have the energy to do the things you love again by getting the sleep you need. Ebb's natural solution has no morning side effects, and allows you to get back to your peak performance. My listeners can now try Ebb risk-free for 60 nights to confirm that it is the solution you've been looking for. How do you do this? Try Ebb.com Savage. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B.com slash Savage. T-R-Y-E-B-B.com slash Savage. Try slash Savage. Please order today. To get the sleep that you need and deserve, try ebb.com slash savage.
3: Well, we will do everything that we can uh, to make sure that sex sex workers uh, are treated with respect, that they are not harassed, that they are not murdered, that they are not beaten. Uh, The question of legalizing sex work is something that we are looking at. Right. Uh, but we have right, not right, yet reached the conclusion. Right, I want to hear right, right, right. from a whole lot I of people hear, uh, hear, to help hear, me hear, reach hear, the hear. best conclusion that we can.
0: Now, it is true that although I myself have not touched my wife and well, since we met, we had a child and that was it. Our child was, by immaculate conception, take a look at my wife and you know why. But the fact is, uh, I would not touch a prostitute in this age of disease. I'm a germaphobe like the President Trump is. However, I am looking into the issue of legalizing prostitution. Because I know most of the people who work for me are incapable of uh, meeting anyone and forming a family, since they're all losers. Nevertheless, we need prostitutes, and whether it should be legal or not is a question up to someone else. Yeah. What do you think about that? Margaret in California, should prostitution be legalized as Bernie is leaning towards?
2: Oh, jerk.
3: Absolutely not. This is a horrible thing for women. It's not a horrible thing for men. It's just a horrible thing. Well, it is for some men, for some young boys on the street selling themselves. I'm reading a book called The Pimping of Prostitution, and this woman has been fighting an uphill battle to get the laws changed. She wants to see the prostitutes not arrested, but instead arrest the traffickers, the pimps, and the (laughs) johns.
0: Bernie didn't say that. Bernie's looking into legalizing prostitution because that's what's done. In, in the motherland, where he comes from. The motherland believes in that. This is how it was done in the motherland. I thank you for the call. Uh, but honestly, can we get back to the main topic? Most frequently stolen book in San Fran Library, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. That's a big honor. I should get a key to the library for this one, but I don't suspect that the governor or the mayor will even uh, acknowledge it. But who do you think is stealing the book? Is it the libs or the, rep- or the, or the right-wingers who have no money? I, I can't imagine homeless right-wingers are stealing it in between... Whatever else they, they do out in the street. What do you think? I want to take your calls on that just for a little while longer. So a friend of mine um, sent me this on Jewish wisdom. And here they are. There's nine steps of Jewish wisdom here. The high holidays have nothing to do with marijuana. Okay. Two, where there's smoke, there may be salmon. Eh. Three, no meal is complete without leftovers. Okay. Four, according to Jewish dietary law, pork and shellfish may be eaten only in Chinese restaurants. All right. Five, a schmata is a dress that your husband's ex is wearing. Six, anything worth saying is worth repeating a thousand times. Seven, always whisper the name. <laughs> always whisper the names of diseases. That is so true. Why do people whisper the name? She has What? What she have? She has key. Huh? Mary has. Key. Yes. Eight, without Jewish mothers, who would need therapy? Nine, laugh now, but one day you'll be driving a Lexus and eating dinner at 4 p.m. in Florida. <laughs> okay. You don't know, nobody even knows what a Jew is. The liberal Jews have, have so dominated what a Jew is, no one knows what a Jew is, they think Larry J- David is a Jew. They don't understand he's just a Bolshevik, a billionaire Bolshevik. Uh, no, the Jews are the guys that wear the black stuff and actually pray every morning and every afternoon and every evening, the ones who actually put on the tefillin, the ones who actually believe in God, those people represent... You know what I say, honest to God, how I look at it? I don't want to get distracted from the mental disorder thing. You know how it was explained to me once that the, the Hasidim with the black stuff, the 19th century Polish holiday outfits, I don't know how they got how they got stuck on 19th century Polish wedding outfits, I'll never understand. They could have chosen another era and another outfit. They wear like black wedding, like tuxedo outfits with black hats in the summertime. But don't know why. They can update their outfits, can't they? Be a modern Hasid. But they got stuck with 19th century Polish uh, wedding uh, garb. And uh, someone said to me, look, he said they're wonderful people. They're sort of the tattered remnant of Judaism but they're the ones who keep the entire thing alive. Without them, Judaism would have died a long time ago. I can't argue with that. They're the ones who know the whole thing. The entire McGill, they know it. Michael Savage,
1: a host like no other.
3: So what I believe is there should be a guaranteed federal jobs program. If you are capable of working... There should be a decent L- Listen paid
0: to this moron. He thinks it's you. 1930 and there's there a depression. Be job
3: training to make sure you can get that job. It's patient available to you so that you have the skills to do that work.
0: Moron. He thinks it's the 1930s and he's talking to people who are out of work. We have the most booming economy in history because of the capitalists in the White House. What an idiot. Well, I'm on a weird diet so if um, I got up at 4:45, 4:30 I couldn't sleep. I don't know why, I had a nightmare of a calf being slaughtered, then a sheep being slaughtered. It's starting to get to me. I hear them crying, what do you want me to do? My subconscious talks to me. It's because I'm largely on an 80 to 90% plant-based diet now. I'm trying to eat nothing with eyes. Anything that has an eye, I don't want to eat. Think about that. If it flies, it has an eye. If it swims, it has an eye. Of course, if it walks, it has an eye. But uh, I'm eating largely plant-based food. It's not so bad. It's a strange phenomenon for me because I've been in a, I don't know, I've been an omnivore for my whole life and pretty heavily towards animal protein. My brain screams for animal protein, so I thought. But without it, it really changes your, your whole metabolism starts to change. Then I got a machine here for the radio studio. It has arms that move if you pull them and legs that move. So between breaks now, I'm pumping iron on the machine. It's an amazing change going on. You ever eat like cheddar-style slices that have no no dairy in them? Soy-free, dairy-free, good source of calcium. Made of filtered water, coconut oil, potato starch, tapioca starch, vegan natural flavors, sea salt, tricalcium phosphate, pea protein isolate, xanthan gum, lactic acid vegan, konjac gum, Fruit and or vegetable color, anatole color, inactive yeast, potassium chloride, yeast extract, vegan enzyme, not so bad. It tastes a little bit like cheese with urine in it, but, uh, you know, it depends upon your taste. Uh, You know, you can get used to anything if you're starving to death. So that's why I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. I mean, I'm not eating as much on this new diet I'm on, 80 to 90% plant-based, supposed to be 100%. I'm never going to live. That's impossible. I can't live that way so i'm like saying eat nothing with eyes make it easy for myself you know i certainly am not eating meat ever again i I, you know i got to talk about this one day today's not the day for it because i i wrote the health books in the 70s i was a leader in the field of popularizing most of the nutrition ideas of today in my books such as nutrition against aging and other books i wrote i wrote books on homeopathy herbal medicine and I did practice what I preached. I weighed 130 pounds, at 130 cholesterol. I used to run in the back of a valley up to a waterfall. I was skinny and lean. And then what happens, you get older. And I remember when I was at grad school, one of my professors lectured this small seminar. And he said, each one of you, although you're in good shape now, will probably put on one pound a year as you get older. And I looked ahead. I said, what? Is he kidding? I mean, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to weigh another 20 pounds. He was right. You know what I'm saying? You do put on a pound of you know, no matter what you do. I didn't believe it would happen. Look what happened to me. But you know, it happens to Jim, everybody. You get sedentary, you get sloppy, and you're eating. But um, I was sailing along doing great until, boom, the earthquake. But here we are. Uh, the topic is pretty clearly what it is, who's stealing the book, and, of course, uh, uh, all the news of the day. And there's quite a bit of good news, uh, which I don't have to beat you up on. You can read it yourself by going for two seconds to any website any five websites and five. What do you think newspapers are going out of business? Why do you need to go to the newsstand and buy a paper? It's it's actually sad in a way because I grew up on newspapers. I had three to five in my house every day. Dad was an immigrant, never went past high school, but he read five newspapers a day. And I used to say to him, Dad, why do you have five newspapers? Aren't they all the same stories? And he, I've told the story before. And he says, no, Michael. He said, each of these papers has a different Perspective. I didn't know what perspective meant. And then, for example, the New York Post, I said, What is that? He said, That was a socialist uh, point of view, I think, at that time. Then there was the Journal American, the Daily News. He didn't really read the New York Times. That was for like stockbrokers and rich Republicans who lived on the other side of uh, Union Turnpike. We never saw the New York Times in my house. When we went to school, the teachers would say, Well, now we're going to show you something very special, you poor little immigrant children, we're going to show you a real newspaper. Here's the New York, ooh. And they would give you assignments from the New York Times. At that time, it was actually a different newspaper. It was more literate, you know, a little high, you know, highfalutin. It was highbrow. Everything else was lowbrow. I liked tabloid at the time. i never forget, the, 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 easy I like, the reason I like tabloid, it was easy for me as a kid. So the, the front page of the New, Daily News would show, for example, boy falls out of fifth-floor window and lives. And I would like look at it with fascination. Here I am in my like corduroy pants, looking at it, and it like arrows. Boy he falls out and you see like dot 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 dot. But he hid an awning on the first floor that was in front of the building and bounced off it and lived. Uh, and that's the story of Bernie Sanders. That's why he is the way he is. Or it could have been it could be the reason that Mayor Bloomberg's five foot four. He fell out of I don't know the answer. He bounced off the awning and stunted somehow, gave a spinal fract. I don't know the answer. But you can't take away from Bloomberg that he's worth $58 billion and he did it, honestly. I mean, don't take that away from him. He's not going to win. I watched him speak. Voice is horrible. I didn't know he had a a squeaky voice. I mean, he's made for talk radio today. They seem to like squeaky voices today. They do not like manly voices. They don't like tenor voices. Bass voices are out. You've got to sound millennial uh, and tentative and have a squeaky kind of computer voice. You have to sound like Alexa. Like you're slightly alexic in order to get someone to listen to you today on radio. But don't sound like a man. It scares people off. But, you know, I'm with it. Whatever people are doing, they're doing. I can't account for people's tastes. But nevertheless, the the kid would bounce off an awning and live. Who do you think is stealing my book to get back to the most important question of the day? Or shall I read it? One more little piece from the book that may still be relevant. I haven't looked at it in so many years. You want to hear the opening line to liberalism liberalism is a mental disorder is the opening line from the year 2005. The conservative movement is dead. I take no pleasure in making that observation. That's pretty good because it was true. And I write, let's face facts. Most of the red state politicians fail to comprehend that the American people are behind them and that the people want them to push through Congress a real conservative agenda. I wish that these empty suits and skirts would provide the leadership necessary to defend America from those who would do her harm instead of taking the side of the enemy. That's pretty good. Can you think of one speech wherein the Republican leadership has expressed a desire to protect our borders, our language, or our culture? 2005, I wrote that. Without those three fundamental pillars of society, no nation can survive. Except for a few minor utterances about cultural issues with little or no follow-up, there has been scant support for these conservative principles or values. On my radio show over the last decade, people have repeatedly called expressing their fears that our national sovereignty is diminishing and that this country will be sold out to an international new world order. They fear that American citizens will no longer have the protections of our U.S. Constitution, that it will be replaced by a constitution forged by the United Nations. No longer will we have the Bill of Rights to protect us, It will be a new watered-down Bill of Wrongs from the new ruling bureaucrats. The concern that American law will be subjected to international law is not an empty fear, case in point. In January of 05, the Mexican government meddled with an Arizona state law, Prop 200, which had been passed overwhelmingly by the voters of Arizona. This measure mandated three things. It required proof of citizenship to vote in Arizona elections. Ooh, that's racist. Yeah, right. It denied illegal aliens from receiving taxpayer benefits. That's mean. Give it to all of Mexico. Give away your entire birthright to Mexico. Go ahead. And it instructed state employees who discover ineligible applicants to report violators to the authorities. That's mean. As a border state with a severe illegal alien problem, primarily for Mexico, Arizonans took reasonable measures to to defend themselves from illegals who are exploiting the system. Even 40% of Mexican-Americans in Arizona voted yes on Prop 200. And I go on to the reaction. And I said, frankly, Mexico doesn't have a chihuahua in this fight. Last time I checked, Arizona was not a Mexican territory, nor can Mexico require us to put illegal Mexican aliens on the dole. That hasn't stopped the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund, that's MALDEF. A bona fide enemy within from lecturing us saying that prop 200 is an illegal impermissible unconstitutional state attempt to regulate blah 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 so in other words occasional cortex Elon Omar and the rest of those louts are exactly what I've said they are they're working for a foreign government that's pretty good okay now I'll read some bullet little bubbles in the book I did something cute in this book I should bring it back like I put bubbles inside paragraphs with commentary where you could flip pages like in a magazine. So here are some of the bubbles. These Euro-socialists and their American counterparts see a terrible beauty struggling to be born, a beauty that would like to sweep away our dying civilization and bring us into an unbrave new world. That's good writing, Mike. That's really good. I wonder why it became a bestseller. Here's the next bubble. When the internationalists attack Christian fundamentalism, let us not forget they're also attacking Judaism. Really? Wow. This book has been designed to pour a caustic solution on the edifices of liberalism. Pretty good. Okay, introduction. In this book, I'll demonstrate how well-intentioned liberal programs, plans, and ideas often lead to terrible results. While the impulse for helping others is well-intentioned, the results often border on insanity. See what I'm saying? Was I wrong, Jim? In other words, we all want to help the homeless, right? How has that worked out? Billions of dollars gone up their noses, billions of dollars stolen by the politicians. And then I say, as such, is liberalism a mental disorder? Can all liberals be mentally disordered? Are good intentions good enough? Let me define the terms. By liberalism and liberals, I do not refer to, nor do I condemn those who wish to help their fellow man of lesser fortune. However, it is on the fringes of compassion and the jagged border of anarchy to want to erase our borders, our language, and our culture. You know this book has a lot of legs on it? Maybe I should revise this book. I realize some will be tempted to dismiss words like liberal and conservative, even the word fascist, as unenlightened hackneyed terms. Yet, as you will see, liberalism and our committed foot soldiers do very much exist. Their twisted logic and their revolutionary zeal continue to plague America and our institutions. This is a book, then, about liberal believers and the consequences of their beliefs. It's quite reasonable, to be honest with you. Notice I didn't condemn people's impulses to help the downtrodden. I condemn the results, which proves that the methods that are being used have failed us. No, you don't throw billions at the homeless bums and let them pee in a fountain. No, you don't throw billions at the bums and let them crap in the streets. No, you don't say that you, don't, you need a court order to round them up and give them the care that they need. No, no, you don't do any of those things in a sane society unless you wind up with an uncivil society like we have. Back in a minute.
1: The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So we're going back to San Francisco Public
0: Library's most commonly stolen book, Michael Savage's Liberalism as a Mental Disorder. Robert, can we play I'm Going to San Francisco with a Flower in My Hair as we go out for this hour? Uh, Because when I come back, I'm going to continue this discussion with my audience and see what they think about who's stealing the book. I don't know that they're really stealing it. Maybe the librarians are just disappearing it. Listen, I'm a best-selling author. I've gone into bookstores where I know my publisher has purchased upfront display. That's how it's done. In other words, if you have a big publisher and they believe in that book, they pay to make sure that book is upfront display. When it comes out, and I've seen bookstores bury the book behind Jenny Has Three Mommies. I've seen it. I've gone and asked, where's uh, Stop Mass Hysteria? Oh, well, let me see. And they go in the computer. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, back there next to the the section on Mommy Has Three Mommies. Well, Mommy Has Three Mummies. Or Mummies Have Three Mommies. I don't know. But, But it's not where it's supposed to be. Then I complain to the publisher, then they call. It doesn't matter. They have fanatics usually work in bookstores. That's the sad truth. A lot of people who are frustrated authors take jobs as clerks, like little Madame Defarge's in bookstores. Well, I'm going to take a break and have an 80-90% plant-based break, eating nothing with eyes. It'll be like synthetic cheese with urine in it. No, it smells like weird, like a nitrogen smell. I don't know what I'm going to do. But hey, you know, live happier, live longer, eat nothing with
1: eyes. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Oh, sure to bring galoshes in your hair.
0: Well, that was then, this is now. It's sad, you know, I came out here in the wave of the 60s in a way. I uh, visited, fell in love with the mountains, the bay, the people. They even had two good newspapers at the time. They were B-grade good newspapers. It was fun. There was a tolerance in San Francisco that permitted you to become who you were. Nobody told you what to do. It was already starting in with the women, the controllers, the Elizabeth Warren types. You know, they were already here. They were already uh, putting on the, uh, the, the control job. And now look where we are today. We've gone from liberalism to insanity. And now it's not liberalism to permit a person to crap in a mailbox. It's not liberalism to permit a man to exhibit his private parts in front of your child outside of a restaurant. It is not liberal to permit a bum to drop his trousers and defecate while you're trying to have a meal. It is not liberal to let a bum walk around with a club in his hand. Uh, No, that's something different. Welcome to Valentine's Day uh, 2020 in San Francisco. You know, tonight's a big night. I definitely will not be going over the bridge. No bridge and tunnel for me tonight. Uh, I haven't been in in months. I don't go over this. I have an apartment in the city. I live in, a room. you know, back and forth. I don't know what it is. It's not the bums and the deaf. It just, I love looking at the lights. I love the architecture. But there's a certain something that happens at night in the city that I don't like. During the day, you can still have um, blue-colored Beatles glasses on and see the hippie-era beauty of the city. I mean, when I walk up a hill in North Beach and I look down as I hit a crest and I see the bay, and I see the china-blue color of the bay, as I wrote about in some of my published novels, it's a remarkable place to be. When I go to Fisherman's Wharf, I still see the world, World War II era guys boarding troop ships and coming back i I, st- I don't know why i still feel the whole era of san francisco's military base uh when it was really still a, a military base city because of its port. but that's when i have the, the rose-colored or, or tinted glasses on but at night when it gets dark the ghouls come out so here i am i'm asking you why do you think that they're stealing my book and does uh, San Francisco need a new Statue of Liberty somewhere out in the Farallon Islands that say, "Give us your addicted, you're stupid, you're worthless, you're lazy"? Uh, what would you add? Your what? Open up a line, uh, Robert. Give us your. Give us your addicted, you're stupid, you're worthless, you're lazy, you're surly, and your. What, what else should I add to that? Let's see. Attorney General Barr blasts Trump's tweets. Do you think Trump went too far? Yes, I do. Has Trump's criminal justice reform gone too far? Far, Yes, it has. Yes, it has. That's from having the, the rappers in the White House. He got mad at me when I, when I made a comment about it. I know that. When he had those two bums in the White House. And uh, I knew what was going to happen. I mean, I saw it from a mile away. I mean, I wrote the book. You say, oh, criminal justice. There's too many people of color in, in prison. Like they were randomly selected off the street and put in prison. You hear? Now, let's just pick on a colored person and put him in jail. That's what they would have you believe. Let's just pick on a person of color and throw them into the clink. That's not what happened. There's due process in America. So, okay, let's leave them out, no, based on color. Let's let them go. Okay, great. So now you have a crime wave in in the big cities. No, but don't connect the two. All right, so I'm going to go back to um, liberalism as a mental disorder. I'm going to read a few more sanguine statements from it. And chapter one is more patent, less patent leather. That was one of my favorite, P-A-T-T-O-N, less patent leather. And I talk about Iraq. And on page one, I write this. Here's the difficult part. I believe the Iraq war will be recorded as one of the greatest of military miscalculations. Now remember, that was in 2005. While the neocons who made fortunes in the radio business telling you they're conservatives, were cheering on the Iraq war. While the neocons were cheering on the troops into Iraq who are now posing as great 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 harbingers of the truth I wrote I believe the Iraq war will be recorded as one of the greatest military miscalculations and then I wrote this before you dismiss me as a flag-burning pacifist let me be clear team Bush won Iraqi operation Iraqi freedom in a most spectacular fashion using sophisticated high-tech weapons Our courageous warriors proved once again that they are the brightest and the best soldiers on the planet, period. Their enormous superiority on the battlefield was unmatched, a lesson not missed by the world community. Take Russia. Our previous Cold War adversary was scrutinizing our every move. Former Deputy Defense Minister of Russia, Shlykov, observed, the Iraqi army was a replica of the Russian army and its defeat was not predicted by our generals. And there's more. I'm not going to read from the whole book. And then I go on and I uh, talk about the war itself. And I say, uh, remember how quickly Saddam's mighty Republican guard threw down their arms and evaporated? Where did they disappear to? They withdrew like termites into the woodwork of the general population. While I'm not a military tactician, it's clear they wanted to sucker the Americans into thinking the battle was over. In truth, we still had to fight the real war, a guerrilla war, something our nation does not have the stomach for, not after Vietnam. We won the ground war, but they've been winning the psychological war, at least so far. That's number one. Now, remember, this was written in 2005. Do the math, 15 years ago. And then I go on, because many of the statements I wrote about are now commonplace amongst fakers in the conservative media who make believe they invented these ideas. And damn it, I'm going to take credit for what I created. They can go stuff at all these fakers. They were trying to fill in for me and couldn't even get a fill-in job while I were failing as lawyers in Silicon Valley. Now they're great Americans. Second, I write, liberalism has so warped the sensibilities of Mr. and Mrs. America. Bush got trapped trying to fight a politically correct war, while America's Marxist media militia, where have you heard that before, that? Nowhere. While America's Marxist media militia, armed with zoom lenses, waited to pounce at any PC violation. As I wrote in my bestseller, The Enemy Within, Bush's operation Iraqi freedom was actually fought on two fronts. He had to fight the war overseas as well as the media's war on the war effort at home. And I give some examples. And uh, here I I said, here is an example of trickle down PC stupidity. As the coalition troops were preparing for battle, one lieutenant colonel who shall remain nameless advised those under his command, quote, Iraq is steeped in history, it is the site of the Garden of Eden, of the Great Flood, and the birthplace of Abraham. Tread lightly there, unquote. And I asked, how exactly does an Abrams tank tread lightly? And then I said, is this a police action or a war? What does this mean? Rubber bullets, padded handcuffs, and chaise lounges for Islamofascists? Such PC think only gets our men killed. And I say, ironically, the very war John Kerry had promised is the exact war George Bush is fighting. So rather than firebomb the Iraqi holdouts back into the Stone Age, Bush sent our boys into the rat's nest of Fallujah on a door-to-door basis as if they were selling Avon. You (laughs) You cannot fight a politically correct war and expect to win it. Nor can you fight a politically correct occupation and win it. So now I'll go to some of the bullet points that liberalism is a mental disorder. You can see why it's the most frequently stolen book in the library here, because it makes a lot of sense. Even liberals are coming to understand it. And I quote Patton, where I say, "Quote: No bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country." I'm only quoting now. Don't get mad at me. Maybe you should disinter General Patton and call him a thisist and a thatist. Uh, then I say it's the same thing he should have done in Afghanistan. Maybe then, instead of looking for a lease on a new cave, Obama, Osama would be in U.S. custody already. But it was, you know, well, we know what happened to Osama. Patton. The enemies are the enemy. The Nazis are the enemy. Wade into them. Spill their blood. Shoot them in the belly. When you put your hand into a bunch of goo that a moment before was your best friend's face, you'll know what to do. See, now that's when we had leaders who knew how to stimulate and inspire our troops without mincing words. See, most of the boys who went into World War II were very much like the men and boys of today. They were peaceful. They didn't want war. They were not fighters. They were not killers. They were not trained to to, to smash someone in and put a a bayonet in their stomach. They didn't want to do it. Most people are given towards peace and leave me alone. They needed a leader to tell them things like that in order to learn how to kill. Do you understand that? Well, okay, let's let that go. So when I write liberalism as a mental disorder, savage solutions, I wasn't kidding. It's a nice picture of me, by the way, on the cover. Those were the days, my friend, I thought they'd never end. Da, 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 da. Never thought they would end 15 years ago. We all think we're going to keep going higher and higher and higher and go closer and closer and closer, and closer to the sun. And instead of getting older, we're going to get younger. Instead of getting less healthy, we're going to get healthier. But unfortunately, the way of all flesh denies that. Let's get the callers up there now on different topics that I've raised. Dove in New Jersey took a little umbrage with my comment upon Orthodox Jews wearing nineteenth century Polish holiday outfits. Dove, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to let you know you have a wonderful show. I listen. I'm conservative, I'm eighteen years old. I love your show. <clears throat> Point being, on that question, why they wear those that clothing back from the back from the eighteenth century.
2: Because you said, the answer is that you said at the end, you said without these people, there would be no
0: Jews left. That's correct. Which, but, but, and that's 100% true, because you actually act out the, the biblical mandates, the 313 commandments. How many commandments are there?
3: It's 248, and there's things that you're not allowed to do is 365.
0: I thought it was in the 300s. I don't know how you guys get through a day, but okay, you're a real, real McCoy. So you pray three times a day, you follow all the laws... You keep the religion alive. But I'm really asking, and I'm not trying to be such a wise guy, who came up with the 19th century wedding outfit from Poland?
3: Um, It was the, the main rabbis, the main leaders. That's how they dressed. And in order to keep the traditions, to make sure that no one goes offline and ends up falling off the Jewish tradition,
0: that's so people of the the followers All Right. well my position is a little different which is in order to keep attracting the young and in order to not be seen like the amish with a buggy whip and a, and a buggy yeah I, I don't think it was such a bad idea for the for the orthodox jewish communities to think of a new outfit and i'm not here to challenge you on it i'm here to suggest we think about it together i don't know what it would be i don't mean ripped jeans and stuff I can't imagine Orthodox Jews with, with knees ripped on their jeans. I don't know what the outfit would be. How about a plain business suit? Oh, look, it's your business. Do what you want. Thanks for calling. Thank God you listen. That's all. So I'm on this 80 to 90% plant-based diet because, you know, something happened to me December 5th, and I'm a different man now. I feel the weight's coming off me. I, it's amazing. Not a lot. But uh, you know when you're changing your metabolism and you're exercising more? And you're eating almost nothing with eyes. I like that. I keep repeating eating nothing with eyes. I fe- Because I woke up this morning at 4.30. And I saw like a lamb being slaughtered and a calf crying as his throat was cut. You know, all right, look, what can I tell you? Call me weak if you want. I don't really care. I have a friend who's a warrior. Fought in five wars. Great guy. I won't mention his name. He fought in five wars. I don't know how many men he's killed. I don't ask him. I love the guy. He's a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in a while. Wonderful man. Psychiatrist. Doctor, musician, great guy, and he said he's a pescatarian. What's a pescatarian? You can figure it out. He eats mainly vegetables and the little uh, the swimmers with eyes, the little fish. He doesn't eat the trafe that the, with the shell, the shell jobs, the shellfish. I don't, they have eyes too, by the way. You know, I saw a study two weeks ago that shocked me. I happen to like calamari, but I got poisoned from it two weeks ago. Finally, I, I caught up with it. I got a little food poisoning. Could have been the calamari or the goat cheese. I don't know what it was in a restaurant. It's said that the calamari is one of the most advanced, has one of the most advanced neurological systems of all animals on the planet. They have beyond a dog in terms of neurons in their brain. You know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable. It's sad. You eat it in the tentacles and the. But that's not why the Bible said don't eat that which, you know, crawls with the thing and the, and the shell. That's not why. They thought it was dirty. A shrimp. How did they know about shrimp in the, in the Bible era? Where were there shrimp in the Bible? Maybe the Red Sea? The Dead Sea had a shrimp? No. But they didn't say no pork. All right. I mean, in those days, it made sense, though, pork, because there was no refrigeration, no preservatives, and uh, trichinosis was probably prevalent. So either it was biblical or it was intelligence from the rabbis telling the people not to eat something that could kill them, trichinosis, but today they probably even have kosher pork. I don't know what they have today. I don't I don't eat a lot of, you know, I don't eat pig. I feel bad for them. I don't think anything crazy. I, look, it happens. My warrior friend doesn't eat animals because he doesn't want to kill anything. It's your business. There's a rational reason for not eating animals, which has to do with the metabolites, which has to do with um, atherosclerosis, and then there's, of course, the ethical reason that people don't eat animals, and then there are people who don't give a damn. And uh, th- that's what makes for the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to lecture you. San Francisco, no, not, not much. No, I'm lecturing for 25 years. I'm not here to lecture you. 25 years, what do you think we do in Talk Radio? We lecture you day and night. We hock you at shining. We get you, beat your head up. Day and night, we lecture you. San Francisco Public Library's most commonly stolen book, Michael Savage's Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. That is a shocking fact that has only been linked by the SF Gate newspaper, which is shocking unto itself and now it was linked by Breitbart, God bless them. No one else likes me, but I think somebody up there, I'm asking him to like me again. For years I thought he liked me, now I'm not sure anymore. We're almost through with this segment. Uh, Chapter 5 of Liberalism as a Mental Disorder, the book is 15 years old. I talk about Arafat, Clinton, and Kinsey. Sympathy for the Devil. It was a very interesting uh, uh, chapter, and I said Arafat was a monster. This walking obscenity invented airline hijacking, hostage-taking, school massacres, and suicide bombings, and kept the Palestinians in a prison of moral, spiritual, and economic poverty. Is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. And Arafat never wanted world peace. He wanted a piece of flesh, the flesh of dead Jews. Not bad. has a certain ring to it. You can see why people are stealing the book. Maybe they're waking up in San Francisco. Huh? I don't know. Maybe. You know, I'm looking at it in a positive way. Maybe they're stealing the book because they agree with it. No, I don't think so. Truthfully, you ask me, I don't know why they're stealing it. I think it's to trash it. It's the San Francisco way. If you disagree with something, burn it or steal it or hit it, and then say you're a peace-loving leftist. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Jimmy in New York, line eight. Go ahead, Jimmy. What's the matter? What's on your mind? How are you? Why are you here? And I said
2: let me write it down for you. Dr. Savage, boy, have I missed you.
0: I had rotor... Wait, wait, wait. What have you missed me? Where have you been? I haven't... You haven't called. I dropping dead. I had rotor cuff surgery. What a horrible- Oh, I, I thought you were down getting uh, fitted for new sheets, you and your friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. I wanted to see if you'd get the joke. I, I was going to say, are you getting <laughs> fitted for new sheets or new fitted sheets? What, you had rotor cup surgery? Yeah, it was horrible. What, from, from bocce? No,
2: from driving. (laughs) No, from picking the people up with the sheets and tossing them. It was horrible.
0: (laughs) Where did it hit you, the Rotor Cup? In the shoulder?
2: Right in the shoulder, and I tore the muscle, and my bicep came away from the arm. They had to sew that up.
0: Wait, wait. Was this a bicycle injury or from beating people up over the years?
2: It was, well, yeah, it was from swinging bats at the wrong balls. You know what I'm saying? It was from uh, picking heavy items up, such as.
0: <laughs> oh, stop! Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're too good to know. I was wondering. I hadn't heard from Jimmy, and I, I didn't know what happened. I thought maybe you got pinched or something.
2: Never, not me. I'm too good. I'm too. I'm too uh, advanced for that. But yeah, go on and tell you something. The plan when I lived in Borough Park, Brooklyn, 58th Street between 10th and 11th, uh, Fort Hamilton Parkway, I used to look out my window, and there was this Asian woman crouched down with a plastic bag from one of the
0: stores. And oh, please, wait a minute. Stop. I just ate a sandwich, and? You. And she was crouched down. She Stop. Was... Come on, Jimmy. No, please, it, it's a family show here. It's, it's 1.35 in San Francisco. People are having lunch. You can't talk about a woman crouching down with plastic under her.
2: No, she was pulling the weeds from the tree and, uh, t- and putting them.
0: Oh, you mean she was gonna, she was dropping them on the plastic and taking them home?
2: Yeah, but what I couldn't understand was I I see the dogs urinate and defecate over there, and now you put it in the bag or what? I got to know. Well, what
0: was she pulling off the tree? The bark?
2: No, <laughs> no, that was my ex-wife. She
0: said, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, well, your ex-wife had hooves. I know that.
2: You have no idea. She's still stuck in the mud. Anyway, but listen.
0: <laughs> God, Jimmy, stop it. No. But the pl- I am eating an 80% to ninety plant-based diet, and I'm trying to avoid any- anything with eyes.
2: Yeah, well, then you should have met my ex-wife. But listen, I just qu-
0: <laughs> quote something. No, but you and your Italian cronies in that private club in, in Brooklyn, you probably eat only things with eyes.
2: Well, you know, Doc. Let me tell you, the club's on Staten Island. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the gaudy, the Gotty Gotty terrain. Yeah, uh, please, I'm sorry. But well, what about the book? Let's stick to the subject, Jimmy. San Francisco Public Library's most commonly stolen book: Michael Savage's "Liberalism as a Mental Disorder." What do you think of that? That story today?
2: I think uh, Robert De Niro's uh, taken. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Mook.
0: Hey, Mook. were you happy when you saw he didn't win any awards at the Academy Awards? Didn't it make your <laughs> night
2: that Dreck, as you say. And I never did it. I'm glad they didn't win. And like you no, said. No,
0: but can you imagine what they expected and what happened? Uh, him, Pesci, and, and, and the other one, uh, uh, Marty Scores easy. Marty Scores easy. None of them won an award. They must have really been depressed. That made my night to think they were more happy than I was.
2: <laughs> Doctor, Scores easy fell asleep.
0: He did he, he grimaced when uh, Eminem came out and did that uh, ridiculous uh, Hoi dance
2: okay. <laughs> Listen, can I quote something from uh, the uh, liberalism is a mental disorder yes
0: then we're going to move on and give others a chance Jimmy
2: America's best days are in front of us are in front of her. If we have the guts to face the truth and apply ourselves to repairing the foundation upon which this blessed nation was formed, when I heard, when I wrote
0: I wrote, the, I wrote that in 05.
2: I know you didn't. I have it since then.
0: You bought it back then. You've been a fan since 05?
2: No, in the nineties with my dad. I told you we're three generations. My dad.
0: Oh right, three generations of uh, of listeners. That's a beautiful thing.
2: You're a beautiful
0: person. I used to be.
2: And Bernie, now you are. I saw all the pictures. But Bernie Sanders, what are you going to do with that Halloween mask? Spitting all over the, the microphone.
0: Could you believe how he's rising?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, like the, 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 the dough in the oven. But even that goes
0: flat. He's not going anywhere. Because- no, I, do you agree with me, without getting specific, that the power structure in the Democratic Party will never let him win, even if he wins?
2: They're already starting it. They're in the back. No, but
0: I mean, I'm talking about the, uh, the, the uh, tower, the tower job.
2: No, exactly what you're saying. Yes, I agree 1,000%. I'm, I'm can... talking
0: about the library tower in Texas kind of thing.
2: Uh, that's what I'm, well, no, I, I hope not because I don't want to deposit any more books. We had enough of that. But all you have to do is, uh, they get, they're already got, the machines are already going. The wheels are already being greased. They, you know, socialist
0: So it's going to be given to to, to uh, Bloomy?
2: That's it. You know what he looks like? You ever see the trout when they're going upstream? When you see the face, he looks just like that. I call, We call
0: him fish. You know, I, I tell you, I have a mixed thing about Bloomberg. I like what he did some part of it. I like that he made his own money and honestly earned all the money all that stuff. Said, but And I don't care that he's 5'4 or 5'7, whatever he may be. I don't really care because he built his business on his own. His voice is not going to get him where he wants to go. He has, no, um, he has no charisma in his voice.
2: Dr. Savage, if you give me one second, then if you want to let me go find...
0: Boy, are you a New Yorker, man. You could out-talk a talk show host.
2: Oh, you have no idea. He had, he had New York State over here 12 years. He was going to, I'm going to fix the, uh, the the, education. I'm going to fix it. The, the, the kids weren't learning anything. 12 years when...
0: Well, you mean when he was mayor? mayor he destroyed the, the, the well i didn't like when he went after soda because he, he, who, he didn't understand something it's not his place to tell people what they should like and should not like the nanny state and, and I, I said it on the show the other day the people who he was hurting the most were the immigrants who own the korean grocery stores and they fought him with the korean grocers association they're the ones who stopped bloomberg did you know that Uh, No, I I learned it from you because. Oh, yeah, because they sell the flowers and they sell the soda. Soda is a big ticket item, large profit. And he was telling him, no, you shouldn't drink a big Slurpee. What if someone liked a 16 ounce Slurpee? Yeah,
2: but then
0: he went with the salt. Yeah, well, he knows better than everybody. I look, listen, I'll tell you something right now. I don't drink soda and I don't use salt, but that's my decision, right?
2: Of course, that's your right.
0: But if I were to take my diet of today, my 80 to 90 percent plant-based diet and nothing with ice, could I ever eat an Italian restaurant in Staten Island anymore? Yeah, they give you a chair to eat outside to chew on. (laughs) 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 Nice rim shot. Hey, Jimmy, thanks (laughs) Thanks for a fun Friday. You know, Monday is a holiday. What's the what's the day again? What's the holiday? President's Day. Oh, we can't say Washington anymore. Why would offend somebody. It would offend the Ilhan Omar if I said George Washington's birthday. She can go back and fly back where she came from on a sheet. Yeah, I know. She came from Minnesota, right? No, she didn't. She came from uh, a terrible place on earth, and we took her in. Look what she's doing to us. 855-472-82, San Francisco, Michael, ding, ding. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Michael, are you there? Line one, bing. Question one, question two, going once, going twice. Michael, San Francisco, you're calling about losing a business? No, not there. Gone with the wind. Boom. That's the story right there. We're going to go to Carl in Las Vegas. He's calling on another topic. Carl, what's on your mind? Thanks for calling.
3: Yeah, Dr. Savage, you're talking about uh, you got uh, food poisoning, eating some calamari, squid, whatever. uh,
0: Yeah, I got to be clear. I don't know whether it was the calamari, which I've eaten all my life, or it could have been the goat cheese on the flatbread. I don't know. Or it could have been someone gave me a little, uh, uh, let us say, a little addition on the bread basket they brought away. A lot of them are very hostile in this restaurant.
3: Yeah, well, some people don't want to eat uh, animals or things with eyes because of their possible intelligence. Well, I'm a, I've talked to you way before. I'm a psychologist. But I also uh, study marine biology. And you won't believe this, how intelligent octopus and squid are. We had octopus. They eat little fish. They were in tanks. We'd put a little fish in a glass jar with a screw on the lid, you know, that you screw off, screw on and off, put the fish in and drop it in their tank. They would use their um, uh, tentacles and actually unscrew the lids Shh. of the jars and put uh, their
0: tentacles in and take the fish out to eat it. You know, a very, very popular dish now is octopus. I don't know where they're getting them from. I think they're going to deplete the seas. of. There cannot be that many octopus. Where are they digging them up from? Well, again, every Italian restaurant is now selling octopus tentacles, but, and but, I feel very queasy about it because yeah. I think they're going to deplete the species. I don't know that that animal's not going to be fished out. What do you think?
3: Well, well eventually, almost every creature on the earth is cycled and is going to be completely extincted, extinct. Or even humans, probably someday. Yeah. Well, look
0: what we're doing to the tuna population. Think about that one.
3: Yeah,
0: but there right? No, a- no. It's a very, it's a very big story that is lost on the unconscious that we can deplete species, they do do not renew forever, and that we have an obligation to protect them from extinction, going back to biblical ages when people who were smarter than the Neanderthals of today stepped in and stopped the overfishing and the overkilling of birds and animals. That's the fact of reality. But don't tell that uh, to those in the conservative media because most of them laugh at you when you say it to them. And that is why conservatism is not rising as it should. It's because they're losers when it comes to the environment, losers when it comes to health, losers when it comes to diet, losers when it comes to smoking. They're on the wrong side of reality. And if conservatives can only get onto the healthful side and the helpful side of these issues, they could get an awful lot of the young who have emerged and evolved. That is my opinion, and I'm not trying to lecture you. I'm simply trying to lecture you. Anna in Ohio. You'll be next up on The Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Anna in Ohio still there not there Yeah 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 what's on your mind
1: Well the answer's easy it's definitely libs it's definitely leftists who are stealing your books They Well I don't
0: know I actually thought it could be poor right wingers who were stealing it
1: Don't think so Um they know that your words pack a punch and they don't want people to read what you have to say but what they need to realize is is that um the truth doesn't care about their feelings, and they can't make the truth go away, and they can't silence you or any conservative. So.
0: Well, they're doing a good job of trying, aren't they? And, uh, and they've brainwashed millions of people. And as I said on page 148 of Liberalism is a Mental Disorder, the most stolen book in San Francisco Library, I say you see the left has placed freedom-loving, God-fearing people in a straitjacket. Taking a break. Back
1: in a minute. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. All right,
0: here's another quotable out of um, uh, San Francisco Public Library's most commonly stolen book, uh, Liberalism is Mental Disorder. Given the failed state of our public education, I imagine you might not know the difference between Mussolini, Tortellini, or Linguini. See, it's simple, but unfortunately, it's, the humor has truth to it. And then I write, you see, the recipe for left-wing activism in America wasn't cooked up here. As much as the left fashions themselves as being progressive, they're not. In reality, I wrote, today's leftist movement is made in much the same way as a sausage. It's a blend of fascist, communist, and socialist ideologies from 20th century Europe with a pinch of Nazism all ground together, yet retaining the flavor of its various parts. You can't beat this stuff. And that is that may be why the people are stealing Maybe they're reading it. I don't know. I don't really think they're stealing it to read it. I think that they're just stealing it to trash it. I mean, when they see things like this, using American courts, these hard left groups agitate via judicial activism, overturning established law and the popular will of the people, you're telling me the ACLU wants you to see who they are? And then I write on 161. The ACLU megalomaniacs would be I I'm sorry, the ACLU megalomaniacs and would be Ayatollahs have dismantles dismantled America's traditions with impunity far too long. Let's see, blah blah blah. I believe it's time for the heads of left wing agitation groups who are using the courts to impose their will on the sheeple to be prosecuted under the Federal Rico statutes. Now that's something Trump ought to start doing when he's re elected. Remember I said the other day bring back uh, a certain group called, uh, uh, what was the group called? We all forgot it already. Come on. It's going to be on your fine. Li- well, you're going to be on your midterms for sure. Uh, bring back uh, the, uh, the um, yeah, bring back UAC. Quack, quack, bring back UAC. Quack, quack, bring back UAC. Uh, well, there's more to be done than that. I think we need to uh, prosecute Antifa under RICO statutes, and then we will uncover their funding. We'll trace it all the way up the, uh, the line, to their funding, and we will have equal access litigation once we prosecute Antifa under RICO statutes. And I suspect when Trump wins a second term, that will happen. I haven't discussed it with him. I haven't mentioned it to him. I don't think he would be wise to mention it now. But I truthfully believe it should happen. Let's see what else. In the red and the blue, on the end of, at the end of the book, I uh, talk about a true leader and what he should be. And I write, if the Kerry Liberals from Beacon Hill had won, do you think we'd be hearing all of this talk about unifying the country from them? No. Remember Kerry almost won? Well, he didn't win. The kids today can dance all night with a pacifier in their mouth, stoned out on ecstasy, and never worry about whether or not they'll be drafted in the morning. That's not a bad line. It's got a certain punch to it. Well, it's been fun today, and whether you know it or not, you're involved in the greatest social civil war in American history. It's called America Today. You're fighting on one side or the other whether you want to or not. And guess who's on the front lines? Most commonly stolen book in the libraries in San Francisco. Liberalism is a mental disorder. Any, any questions why?
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network.